This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MVFC First and Goal podcast. Today we welcome the defensive line coach for one of the hottest teams right now in the Missouri Valley Conference, Chuka Ndulue of SIU Football. Coach, how are you today? I'm good, ma'am. How are you doing today? I'm good. You were born in Nigeria and grew up there until you moved to Texas in the seventh grade. How has your Nigerian heritage shaped you? Uh, I mean, that's... uh... Dude, that, that's all I knew when I was growing up at home, you know, I got here when I was 12 and it's kind of, you go home and people forget, like my mom was raised in Nigeria, so I go home, I'm, I'm really back in Nigeria, I don't speak English when I'm home, I'm speaking Igbo, a different language, so my perspective of, you know, football of America is kind of from that perspective growing up in Nigeria, so it, it, it impacted how I see things, how I do things on a day-to-day basis, that's just what I know, what I grew up in, that's kind of how I roll around here. How often are you going home? Uh, well, I haven't seen my mom in over a year. So okay. tell you right there. And I haven't been to Nigeria since I left. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Kind of, and the football time picked up, kind of learned about it, figured it out. And I haven't really had the time to go do anything else. I've been fully invested in the game since I got here. Yeah. So in, in Nigeria, it's the other type of football that's, yes. that's popular. How did you d- first develop an interest in American football? Uh, I'll never forget. Uh, it was the Eagles were playing the uh, Steelers. And I remember Troy Palomalu hit somebody. And I asked my stepfather at the time if that was legal. And he said, yes. I'm like, what is that? He said, that's football. I'm like, it's, it's not football. He goes, no, it's American <laughs> football. And, you know, there was something that was loose up there. And I decided to I want to do that. Hitting people was fun. And, you know, my D-line coach in high school, Coach Rick Leal, saw something in me when I was a linebacker, and he just kept wanting me to stay happy. And he, again, as a coach, he saw something that even I didn't know and kept me happy, and here we are, just yeah. from that little yeah. belief that he had in me. I understand that your mom actually, she didn't want you to play initially, so how did you convince her otherwise? Oh, it was Coach Leal and I had a plan. You know, he uh, <laughs> He made sure to keep telling her that, you know, if he does this right, he wouldn't have to pay for college. And that was kind of the trigger word right there was free education. You know, where we're from, it's education first and second and last. So that's kind of, she's like, okay, he can go in there and have a little hobby and he can have school paid for. She basically said yes. And she was like, all right, well, I guess we'll let him do it. Yeah. And after the first scholarship came through, she now she she's all in. She She's a football mom now. Was this was the first scholarship? Was it Oklahoma? Offer? Oh no, it was uh, Richmond Spiders and Tulsa okay, okay. and Kansas. So okay. now Oklahoma was down the road later on, about yeah, two weeks yeah. later or something like that. Okay. Okay. So uh, your mom also your your sophomore year I read of high school she actually made you sit out from playing because your grades weren't good enough. How do you convey to your current players the importance of their academics, having gone through a situation like that yourself? Uh, I mean, it's it, it's very important. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, as a coach, you're meant to coach, teach the game of football. But, you know, the guys got to realize with, you know, I always fall back to social media. We want to be like 
the professionals. You know, we see what they do. We see how they carry themselves. But I remind the players that those guys are professionals, you know. We're semi-pros in a way, as in we're still in college, you know. If you don't get the grades, not even my mom telling me not to play. is It's the NCAA rules. If you don't pass enough credits during this semester, you, you can't get on the field. So you can do everything great on the field, but it's imperative that you're also taking care of business off the field because whether you like it or not, the game of football is going to kick you out, whether it's by choice or not by choice. So you just got to be able to have a backup plan when all this is said and done. And, you know, football will get you ready for life no matter how you see it. If you can survive through the five years, if you're registered at 04, you can be able to take care of those things. But it starts with the academics for sure. You were a three-year starter at Oklahoma and a team captain um, under – what was then head coach Bob Stoops, you know, when you think back on your, your playing experience and, and collegiate career at Oklahoma, how would you describe those five years? Oh, they were the best times of my life. You know, if I can go back and do it all over again, even with the ups and downs and everything, I don't think I'll change anything. You know, it's one of the best friends I have friends that I have in life came from during those five years. And, you know, the memories that we shared from, getting crushed in Coach Schmitty's workouts to <laughs> games that we've lost and games that we've won. It was just, I tell the guys here, you know, one of the one or at least three guys in this room is going to be in your wedding. You know, that's just the bonds that we share from waking up at five o'clock in the morning, working out, going to practice, doing all those little things. It was just, those were, those were one of the best times of my life. And, you know, I still, I still go back and talk to those guys still this very day. We're all venturing in different aspects of life right now and it, it, it was just great it, it was great how closely do you still follow the Sooners oh, I mean that, that's 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 at home now you know that's I played there you know I held my first coaching experience you know with coach uh, Riley gave me that opportunity so I still keep tabs of what they're doing I'm kind of that old alumni that wants tough you know can't make it through workout type stuff. So it's, I'll follow them every now and then whenever I see the score at the end. You've been around, you know, two big time college football programs besides Oklahoma. You're at Nebraska last year. What are some of the realizations from your experiences at, at both programs that you've tried to bring to SIU? Uh, well, you know, at Oklahoma, it was kind of, we, we preach doing things one way, no matter, no matter what, who the opponent is, where we're at, who we're playing, it's same mentality. It's us against them. It's what we do, not what they do. It's, you know, especially being in a defensive line position, it's there's a certain attitude that you got to have that every single play, you know, it's always on the line. And, you know, I learned that while at Oklahoma playing and then going to Nebraska as a grad assistant coach, it was still the same message. You know, both teams were in the Big 12 at one point when Nebraska was in the Big 12. It was us and them kind of running the show at those points. So it's kind of it was the same message that Coach Frost was bringing to the table of toughness and, you know, trusting your technique, doing your job. All those little things carried over from OU to Nebraska. And, you know, that's the same message I preach to these guys here. You know, it's not I didn't invent anything new. I didn't. It's only giving them the new tools that they can use. You know, not everyone can. You know, Jordan Burner and Malik Haynes, they got to have two different kind of pass rush and run techniques because one guy is six five, the other one is six foot. So you got to have different tools for each guy to be able to be successful. And that's all I did for these guys is just gave them more tools. They can dig in the toolbox and go grab. And that's what I learned from Nebraska and Oklahoma. You know, SIU marks your first 
full-time official assistant coaching job. Um, you were a GA last year, then I believe a volunteer assistant at Oklahoma. You know, what is it about Saluki football that was so intriguing for you that made it the right fit? I'll give you some kudos on your journalism work here now. You're digging up some things. I don't know where you're finding it, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, what I mean, it was just talking to Coach Hill from, you know, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I told him this, but I did not Google him before I came here. I was just kind of, I want to know who the head coach is if you walked in the room if I would notice. And we were in Midland uh, Diner down out here, and as soon as he walked in, I'm like, yeah, that's the head coach. It was just kind of, he, he reminded me a lot of Sc- Coach Frost. You know, Coach Frost, he's from Nebraska, about 30 minutes down the road from Lincoln, and everyone knew Scott. You know, he took him to a national championship. He was the prodigal son. He left and came back and kind of. You know, Coach Hill, he did the same exact thing here. And just kind of looking at the guys that we have here, you know, they're, they're a great, great group of kids, great group of guys, and they're they're willing to get better. And it was also, Mom, I'm not going to lie, it was my first opportunity to be, you know, a full-time, you know, position coach. And I, I wouldn't turn that down. And especially being at a program like SIU, the guys that I had to start off my first time as a full-time assistant, I couldn't, couldn't have asked for any better group of individuals, group of young men, and they're all those Played a great factor, you know. Coach Hill, he preaches family. Coach Petrino, he was with my uh, D line coach at the time when I was at Oklahoma. They were all together at Wyoming, okay. so everything was family oriented. Like I was, all I've known all my life, and it, it just felt right, you know. It was it was a good program, and on top of that too, just being my first opportunity, I couldn't say no to that, you know. So was the Petrino connection? Is that how you? And, and Nick were able to connect in the first place to hear about the job and to sort of, you know, have that, that in, so to say. Uh, it was just kind of one of those deals. You, you, you plan things out, you know, and in my mind, I look at it as when I first started the coaching thing, okay, my volunteer year is kind of your redshirt year. And my first year at OU was my true redshirt year. And then I was kind of following that path as a player. All of a sudden, you know, Coach Montgomery gives me a call like, hey, Petrino uh, is going to call you. He's... You know, I was with him at Wyoming, and, you know, we worked together. You're looking for a young D-line coach, and I threw your name in the hat. I'm like, oh, what's happening here? What? Oh, this is kind of a year ahead of schedule, but let's do it, okay? And, you know, he gave me a call, and, you know, we talked a little bit, and then I got, came down for the interview, and I guess they liked what I did, and they decided to bring me along. So that was kind of – it was Coach Montgomery okay. kind of getting the ball rolling, and here I am. Nice. This year, you guys – you have an all-new defensive staff at SIU – why has a first-year defensive staff been able to to find such success right away? Because I was I was looking at the numbers to last year, um, kind of across the board. But you know, looking looking at the big picture, last year the defense was giving up f- f- over forty points per game, and you guys now in conference this year you're down to twenty points per game that you're giving up. And then obviously the sa- we'll get into the sack numbers and all that, but it's a massive improvement from what it was. Oh man, you're looking way too much into the past than I do to be completely honest with you like if you would ask me who's the top three in sacks or TFL I, I, I don't even know yeah. you know it's, it's seeing the retweets and all that on Twitter I'm like oh I guess that's how we're doing but it's really what happened last year happened you know we're, we're out, I preach to the guys and so all, all the defensive coaches do you know you're you're only as good as your last bridge and we can only focus on the right now we talked about what happened in the past it's a new year, it's a new group of guys, it's a new field for the for the players, and it's a new scheme. 
You know, this is something that they've never done before. And we're bringing out Coach Petrino was successful when he was down at Rocky and other places. So he's been in a situation like this before. So it's just having the guys believe, having them have the confidence because the talent was there. You know, it was just now it just gave them new tools to work with. And that's kind of what led to the success of preaching, hey, like just focus on the day, focus on the now. And the season started off rocky. It's nowhere. It's it's not over yet. So we can't. Sure, I'm, I'm not even ready for this interview just because <laughs> I'm, I'm more focused on hey our next yeah. opponent. You know, well, we that can. Makes sense. But uh, but to, in all honesty, it was just, it's the guys' commitment to want to succeed. You know, it, somebody else can be here right now, and I, and I believe they'll still have the same success rate if only if that they, they are committed to being better. And I think, you know, those guys made that commitment. And it, it started off rocky at first, but, you know, they kept believing. You know, we as coaches kept them engaged, like, hey, trust the technique, trust the process. We've been here before as coaches, and you guys are going to be better off of it. And your hard work is paying off. How did you get that group? I know you talk about how big the trust factor is, you know, to, to buy in, you know, fairly quickly and, and to trust you. Um, because they were in a situation where they hadn't necessarily had success in the past. So you're kind of, in some regards, trying to, to change a mindset. Uh, well, I think uh, something that, I was, that I'm blessed with uh, that I can say some other coaches don't is the fact that I've played the position that they're all playing. And not just in college, I was a DN and that was it. No, I started off as a DN and then next thing I know I'm a D tackle, next thing I know I'm a nose and then I get to the next level and I'm up playing D-end again. So, and then they also saw that, you know, I made it to where they're going to. So they, I'm not that much older than them also. You know, some of them, they got older brothers that are older than me. So there's that connection of, wait a minute, this guy is not just an old coach that's just spitting to us what he learned, like social media. They can go up and look me up online and like, oh, that's him at 290. You know, they had all these information that they can find out about me that I was once one of them. And that kind of helped with the transition process of building that trust. Because I tell them, I've been in your situation before. You know, I've taken a double team and had 600 pounds on top of me at the end. And I've been pancake before. I've missed sacks. I've, all the negative things that you guys have done, I've probably done it better and worse. So I'm not putting myself on a higher pedestal than you guys are. I'm, I know I'm the coach. I got to come down from my high horse at times. But, you know, if you guys can trust that I have your best interest at heart, we can we can do this. And, you know, ultimately it's clear cut honesty and communication. Like, you know, you can come to my office, shut the door and ask me a question. I'll be, I'm like, are you, are you ready for this response? If you don't like it, don't take it out on me. You asked for it. So it was just kind of being honest with them, showing them that, you know, I'm, Five years, six years older than some of y'all. Some of y'all even less than that. And they see that, and that's kind of what got it going. They don't see me as an old coach. It's like He's almost like an older big brother. And some of the young guys look at me as an uncle or whatever they might seem. But that's kind of how it started. You mentioned that you played all three positions, nose guard, tackle, and, and defensive end. Which do you like best out of the three? Oh, it depends on what mindset I'm in, to be honest. <laughs> Depends on what you're trying to get me to do. And, you know, if it's run, put me at the end. If it's short yardage, put me at deep tackle. If it's pass, deep tackle. So it just depends. That's my brain is complicated. I look at things differently. Shout out to my mother's and dad's smarts for that. But honestly, it just depends on the situation in the game. I'll, I'll, I'll pick a position then. 
Fair enough. My conversation with Chuka and Dulue continues in just a second. But if you're enjoying this edition of the MVFC First and Goal podcast, check out all the lineup media group offerings, sports and non-sports podcasts. Now back to the show. What p- kind of player were you as it relates to the type of coach that you try to be on a daily basis? Uh, it's, it's a good question there. Now, I was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start off. I was once that wretched freshman that was once immature, kind of had to figure things out. And then eventually, after having some good older leaders from, you know, R.J. Beal, David King, R.J. Washington, like all those guys watching them operate, I kind of became a detailed player. You know, I was that player that if a coach said something, I wrote it down. And if he said something else, I'll flip my page. Like, hey, wait a minute, coach. It's not what you said last week. And Coach Montgomery always hated that because I always brought up, you know, I took what he said. Like, it was it was a word of God. Like, hey, you say it's like this and I'm going to write it down. That's how it's going to be. And as a coach, I'm the same way right now. I can't tell you how many notebooks I've already filled up from when I first got here in January until this very day. I had to switch to an iPad now. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, any trees to be honest so yeah. it's just I, I write a lot of things down it's a, it's a lot of details and uh, I want to know uh, I, I was a player that focused on what's going on in your brain you know like uh, the physical it's, it's a physical battle from summer conditioning winter training all that stuff we, we got the physical ability as football players you know what separates you know the good guys from the elite and the elite from the excellent players or whatever is after elite is you know your mentality you know how are you going to handle a dislocated finger and you know it's still the second quarter you know it's it's all a mindset you know embrace the pain love it you know it's it's going to hurt you'll never feel okay and that's kind of what I want to preach to the guy like as d lines like we we don't need the accolades. We, we don't need that. They're going to see the results on Saturday. We come in here. We do the work. You know, we get to do things that no other position gets to do. We get to stop the run and we get to rush the passer. You know, you can take those four guys and eliminate an offense. And that's kind of the same mentality I want to preach to the guys. I tell them you're almost like you're a gladiator. And Saturday is, that's your show. That's a, that's a day for you to go out there, put on a show, show everybody what you can do and, you know, make them enjoy it and then go back to work the next day. You, you mentioned, I mean, you, you, you don't get caught up in, in all the stats and, and, and I get that. Um, the, the reality is you, you guys as a unit uh, defensively, you, you are among the national leaders in sacks. So kind of what I'm hearing from you is, is it's, it's all sort of the mentality that your guys bring snap to snap why do you feel like your unit has been so successful this year getting to the quarterback uh, i mean we gotta we gotta remember too like the linebackers are a piece of that now, yeah you know sure. it's also part of uh, coach petrino's defense you know it's you know that's uh, this is his baby and we're just nurturing it in different ways and he puts guys in great positions to make plays you know it starts with whether who our best pass rusher is who our best blitzer is or you know whatever the case may be and you know it's you know we get wrapped up on the stats you know sacks d-line it's, it's really the linebacker the d-line it's you the unit working together and the coach us as coaches we putting them in the best position that they can possibly be in and them going out there and executing you know it starts with you know how you're practice that first practice goes you're we win on saturday starting on sunday you know that first practice that's when 
the victory starts or loss, whatever it may be. How that preparation starts that first day, that's how we get there. And both units, you know, the linebacking core and the D-line, shoot, even the back-end guys, they're supporting each other. It's We were playing South Dakota, and all of a sudden I got my headset and I started hearing defense, and it's Big Z, and the rest of the O-line is <laughs> – it's like chairing defense. I'm sitting there I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I've never heard that before. It was just the camaraderie of guys excited when other guys are making plays and wanting them to succeed. Like nine, for example, never shows any emotion. But Barna gets a recovered fumble. I see him give like a big old fist pump. It just runs to the side. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you guys are excited for one another. It's not, look at me, let me make the play. My buddy just made the play. I'm excited for him. And Having that feeling, wanting some of that juice, that energy, it's infectious. And the other guys want want a piece of that. And when your buddy's making plays and you celebrate, eventually you're going to make plays. So it's it's an play mentality. It's celebrate for your buddy and your time your time will come soon. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, it's not just the defensive line because that, that's very true. It's, it's, you know, 12 different players on the team right now have sacks. Um, and, and that's obviously the linebackers and, and different guys all over that defense. What is something you've discovered you like more about FCS football than the FBS level? The preparation, I want to say. Just, I mean, I have a dog, so I don't have a wife and kid. So it's kind of like I can, I can spend, I can live here if I wanted to. You know, so it's just kind of having the ability to just prepare and game plan and sit here from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. is grinding as that sounds. It's kind of really fun. I mean, and in we're in the Power 5 level. It, it's the same thing, but it's just the preparation of finding ways to get you guys in the best possible position, you know, trying to find ways to, you know, help yourself finding the perfect calls for things versus, ah, we got four monsters up front. They can take care of it, you know. That, I mean, it, it helps a whole lot. It makes your life, your life a lot easier if you do have those four. But I, I really enjoy finding ways to just make offensive line their day a living hell. Like, that's kind <laughs> of what I, I enjoy about this level is just finding ways of putting guys in the best possible situation. And it, it's been so much fun just seeing that, giving them different fronts, different looks. And, you know, all of a sudden – you know, Chucky's the guy that's making all the plays. You guys start working towards him. I'm waiting for you to do that. Well, here comes the other guy. He's he's ready to go make plays. Just like you said, 12 guys across the board got sacks this year. And that's because, hey, just to let you know, if he starts getting his, your turn is coming soon because he's going to get all the attention. So you go in. And once you win, now we got two guys that are winning. You don't know where to go. And that, that's what I enjoy about this. How much film would you say that you're watching on a daily basis? Um, um, Film's on right now, so it's kind of we're not watching film. We're on practice. If, if we're not out in practice, we're preparing to watch film for practice. So it's I can't give you a number to be honest. Yeah. It's just out there, regular nine to five, eight hour work days like that. That's why I like the game of football. That doesn't make sense to me, and I want to keep it that way. You yeah. know, just yeah. have fun, watch film. Let's get ready for practice. You mentioned your dog. I don't know if it's a boy or girl, but I I know that your dog is two around two years old. Um, how does, how does being a, a, a dog dad, so to say, bring out the best in you? Uh, uh, seriously, how are you getting this information about somebody? I mean, it's, that's, my, that's my job. That's my job. You know, like. 
<laughs> I got to make the circle a little smaller. Now. Too much information is getting out. But now, nah, little Lucius, he's about uh, well, not so little. He's, he's yeah, he's getting on two years old now, and he's he's over two. But uh, now nah, he's like my partner in crime. You know, it's during the season. Now I got my buddy uh, Thor. He kind of goes and lets him out. And uh, I know, th- I you know, know Thor. I- actually, Thor was when he was at, in college there at SIU. I used to work in that market locally uh, as a sportscaster. Oh, okay. Thor was a, a guy that I covered all through college, and he's a, he's a yeah. buddy of mine. He's a great. I'm so excited he's back with your guys' team helping out. Now Thor's a great dude, man. You know he does a great job in academics, and he's my buddy here. I kind of when I don't want to think about football, Thor and I we I just go down there to academics and hang out with him. But you know he helps me out with my pup, and he kind of lets him out. But you know he, he's a uh, you know everyone I always make the joke. Oh, it's family dinner time. I was like, yep, gotta go eat with my family. It's me and my dog, and I kind of just go hang out with them, and it's it uh you know it. Gets me ready for having a kid one day, definitely for sure. Having him around, you know, we we've uh, he's followed me everywhere from Oklahoma to Nebraska. Now here, it's just me and him rolling till somebody else comes in the picture, and he's probably gonna be real jealous when that happens. But he's yeah, it, it, it keeps you focused. It keeps me uh you know keeps me grounded. You know, I don't I don't like going out anyways, and now I have an excuse to tell people that I don't want to come over. I'd be like, oh, I gotta go watch my dog. And that's kind of. <laughs> Like, you really got to go watch a dog. You don't want to come on like boat. So it was just kind of gives me a way to get out of things if I don't want to do anything. But it, it, it's awesome having him around. He's an energetic. So makes me also keep exercising and staying in shape. Having a dog is definitely the best. Your Twitter, yes. your Twitter bio says on it, the, the happy African. What, oh, why geez. does that describe you best? Ah, uh, I mean, uh, back in college, I was always smiling. Even when I get yelled at, I was always smiling. Like, why are you always smiling? Like, I don't know. I'm just a happy African kid just living his dream. And it kind of stuck, and people kept calling me that, and eventually just stayed in the bio and never got rid of it. So it was just, I was a happy guy that living a dream that I never knew I had, you know, doing something that I loved and I never knew I was going to love. And, you know, why? Why can't you be happy doing those things? And you know, that just that just stuck with me. I'm happy and I'm African. Just put those together. Did did you know that you wanted to be a coach when you were in college? Uh, yes, it was after meeting Coach Leal. You know, my father was a geologist. He's a nerd. He studied rocks, and my mom's a pharmacist. So oh, wow. kind of, I was supposed to go towards the school part, but I was okay at school. But it was just it wasn't fun. You know, it just wasn't. I don't know. I didn't. I like computers, you know, I was going to be a computer science major, but also at the same time, it was just, it was going to be a career, you know, and um, me and Coach Leal, just the belief and the trust and all the stuff that he did for me, and then finally meeting Coach Montgomery, I was just sitting there like, what do I want to do after this football thing is done? I was like, wait a minute, I was like, I'm probably coaching, I asked Coach uh, Montgomery about it, he was like, you know, I can, I've been thinking about that, I can see you doing this, you know, whenever you're done trying out for the NFL and you know after um the final cut happened and I didn't hear anything until June I was like I ain't after June 1st that's a wrap I'm moving on I'm getting into the coaching thing and that was just kind of didn't have a bad my, that was my backup plan well what was your backup plan to coach I don't have one if I'm not coaching I'm not living that was kind of my backup plan so it was just find a way to get here and here I am yeah you, know? you gotta follow your passion right that that is true. You know, the hours we spend in here it doesn't feel like it. this whole this season has felt like one long day and it hasn't ended yet. And no way, shape, or form am I 
groggy, down. It's every day. It's always something new, whether it's having to get on a kid, whether it's watching a kid develop it. It's, it's so much fun. I'm learning some new things. And now my eyes are opening up, seeing what's happening behind me, being a former D lineman. I'm learning, I'm understanding coverages and what's happening. It's true. I, I can't get bored doing this. So I love it every day. Last question for you. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Midlands, which I, I, is one of my favorite places uh, in the Carbondale area. Great fajitas, great margaritas. Um, what is your favorite food spot in Southern Illinois? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, Midland is always a go-to. I do like Sunny Street. Oh yeah, that is good Sunny for breakfast. Yeah, your breakfast is phenomenal. Uh, Hard Boss Cafe, sure. Is pretty good and i also like it when i cook my own food for the most part but yeah it's midland harbaugh harbaugh's and then sunny sunny street and then don taco for when i need to go get some food and i don't want to think about anything that's kind of like my default go-to yeah have you been to have you been to giant city ma'am i don't know where that is it's i go here i go home i go to those three food places Well, if when and when it's the off season, if you get any time, Giant City Lodge, amazing okay. fried, amazing fried chicken. It's not. It's about maybe okay. fifteen minutes from Nickel. Nickel, know where it is. They they actually the team occasionally goes there. Um, and then rule if you like pie, rule of ah, pie yes. in Murfreesboro, yes. best pie yeah. I've ever had. Okay, okay, a little pie and ice cream action. I'm a yeah. big fan. Big yeah. fan, yeah, for sure. I, I understand. Also, you're a big bacon fan. So, bacon? yeah, bacon. Oh, that interview, huh? Interesting. <laughs> now it's starting to make sense. Now I, now I get it. Okay. What uh, yep, What's your preferred way of eating bacon? Just like straight up normal? Or do you like it on sandwiches? Or So my buddy uh, Ryan Cunningham and I, when I was in college, I think we're not exaggerating, we ate three pounds of bacon while playing Halo. But it was just because <laughs> his mom was... It was Thanksgiving and the whole family was coming down, so you just kept. So she would bake it on her rack, and oh. it would kind of like all the oil and extra fat would just drop, and it was just wow. healthier. Yeah. And and then when when I was in Denver, uh, Alfredo made bacon the same way, and it's put it on anything, I'll eat it. Nice. Yeah, you get, I mean, I put it on a salad, put it on a sandwich by itself, whatever. I'll. Dipped in chocolate, just like in the State Fair in Texas. Any way, shape, or form, I'm on it. <laughs> Not as much now, but definitely still a big fan. Yeah, nice. Well, Chuka, I want to be respectful of your time uh, today. Anything else you want to add or that we should know? Oh, no, nah, we're good. Y'all know a little too much. <laughs> I want to stay behind the scenes for as long as possible, but, you know, you, you pulled me out, so here we are. Yeah, well, um, we we have your game this Saturday for for the Missouri Valley Game of the Week. So look forward to to meeting you in person on Saturday. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. It was great talking to you, and uh, I'll see you on Saturday for sure. Sounds good. Appreciate your time. If you like what you heard from Chuka and Dulue in our MVFC First and Gold podcast, take a moment to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Two Birds on a Bat, Blues NHL podcast and The Drop. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. 
Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.